All right, hello and welcome to this uh, Friday afternoon, dropping on Monday edition of the American Soccer Crash Course. I'm Christian Lee, here with Lodge Dills. How do you do? And our uh, casual fan of the day, Jack Cook. We're going to get to, to Jack's soccer, soccer introduction in a second. Before we do that, uh, just wanted to say if you're a fan of the pod, would really appreciate if you if you like or rate on, uh, on Spotify, rather. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, and if you're liking it, throw us a subscription on YouTube. That's really where I would recommend watching our podcast just because we kind of throw in some visual aids, some pictures and, and GIFs of these guys we're talking about. So uh, that would be my recommended consumption route, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, so, yeah, to, to introduce our casual fan of the day, uh, Jack Cook drove many miles to be here today just, just to support the pod, massive fan. Uh, Jack, what does what your soccer literacy look like? What a, what's your soccer bio, would you say? So I'd say limited soccer knowledge. I played Little League from there. Little, I've been is it called Little League? Rec, rec soccer. Bay Same Men's thing. Club. Not to put you on blast. Bay right. Village yeah, Men's yeah, yeah. Club All soccer, right, gotcha, gotcha. to be correct. Born and bred. Born and bred. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been involved in our group chat for a long time now and just seeing the general banter that goes on and as games go along on the weekends, I've, I've observed that from a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say my... My knowledge as it stands with, you know, the leagues around the world is fairly limited. Uh, I did have a stretch of uh, FIFA play with all, both of you mm-hmm. over the, uh, the course of the past few years, especially during COVID. Um, I get to know traits of a lot of the players, but as far as standings go right now, it, it has been a while for me. So I would, I would say you're already doing enough as a casual yeah. fan. That's all. That's all. Pretty we're much. That's all we're asking for. That's yeah. Perfect. I mean, I, I know for a fact that you've served your time, your time in a group chat with like nine, nine dudes where you were the, the lone non-soccer fan. So mm-hmm. uh, always taking your opportunity to talk about other sports as it, as it came about, but didn't come very often. So I, uh, we, we all respect, respect the grind there um, to get into, and you're just aging a chaos today. You're really playing the role of the, 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 the audience member, the person at home who... Shake things up, yeah. Exactly, might be frustrated with Lodge and I talking, talking in the weeds too much. So, um, yeah, so to get to our agenda for the episode today, uh, we're going to talk about our main man of the day, uh, Weston McKinney. Uh Just a reminder, we're going to be going through the 11 starters that we think are going to play at the World Cup um, in only one short month. So he's one of those guys. We're going to introduce you to him. We're going to go through some... Uh, Rapid fire vocab for Jack. He's gonna have to think on his feet here. Um, we're gonna get to the, today's big thing, which is last week we talked about American players getting to Europe. This one's gonna be about staying power and uh, like kind of making the right moves in in these players' careers. Um, finally, we're gonna wrap things up with a, a little gambling preview um, on the on the championship. Not League. that we endorse gambling for Not the fourth time. I'd like bet to responsibly, of course. Right yeah. <laughs> yes, bet responsibly. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't have a sponsor at this point, but uh, do what you will. Um, we, we have a special Champions League consultant who came in this week. Uh, mm-hmm. he'll, be, he'll be dropping in. Um, and then finally, we'll probably leave with you with some homework of some kind. So uh, there was there was major history on the on the crash course today. Um, the player that we're talking about, Weston McKinney, actually scored on this this Friday. So, um, unique unique moment. 
Was it due to us talking about him? We don't know. Maybe. I, some correlation. Correlation is not causation, I once was told. But uh, hard to say. Hard to say. Uh, either way, we're going to introduce you to, to, to Weston. Um, show you a clip here in a second from the Amazon series All or Nothing, if you're familiar. I know that they, they've done a few sports. They did one uh, where Weston McKenney was included. Uh, before before we do that, just wanted to introduce the fourth member of our crew today. He's going to be tag teaming it with with me, uh, Brian Kozinski. He's a uh, he's our resident expert on uh, on soccer as well, and also drove many many miles to be here. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to get into those clips. I'm going to bounce off, and uh, yeah. Wes, è stata una partita molto importante. No, uh, tranquillo. Faccio and then I translate for you. <laughs> È stata una partita molto importante, sei game. How important could be this game after the yesterday results? Surprisingly, I actually understood the Italian part. <laughs> Last night against El Salvador with Weston McKinney's help, most helpful performance since at least the stretcher children game over the summer. He's helpful, but he's also just courteous all around. After he gets flung to the ground, moments later, he's going to apologize for accidentally step, stepping on that guy's foot. When Tyler Adams yells at this gentleman, Weston just makes sure there aren't any hard feelings. And of course, he's always going to be best in medical situations. He's first on the scene to help the goalkeeper. He's also by far the last on the scene. Everyone else is way back getting ready to play. Weston's going to stick around just to make sure he can get safely back on his feet. If I don't eat well, it's impossible to play. <laughs> just throw a little bit like, like a cookie or like a brownie or a burger <laughs> or something in there like this, you know? Then I'm like, okay. Pizza? Pizza? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Do you know what ranch dressing is? Ranch? No, I never It's a white sauce. So it's normally for salad. If you put the sauce on the pizza. Uh, <laughs> I'm scared about American dressing. We use just olive oil. Nothing more. Amazing. Do you like coffee? No. Italian coffee, no? If I drink espresso. I shit myself. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tapping in Brian Kozianski. Uh, Brian, do you want to tell the pod a little bit about your experience with soccer? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, thanks for having me. Christian Lodge, uh, great to be here. Um, so my history with uh, football is um, grew up playing soccer, um, played my whole life, uh, tested out some other sports, but soccer is definitely my my bread and butter and uh, definitely the sport that I uh, still value uh, the most to this day. I'm a pretty avid fan of uh, Premier League, Champions League, and I'm a big Barcelona guy as well. Um, Not a huge MLS guy, but I do pay attention to the crew a little bit just because some of my, the Columbus crew that is, just because some of my uh, uh, friends are some diehards uh, growing up in Columbus. Seems like so. you'll fit in quite perfectly with yeah. us. Yeah, we're MLS truthers. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I still play a little bit to this day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there isn't a sport that I'd rather come on a podcast to talk about. So perfect, should be a good one. Yeah. All right. So the clip we just watched, Jack. Pizza, or I should say ranch on pizza. And that was the biggest cultural difference between those two. What were your first impressions? Was it like, that's a little weird that you're hearing that that's uncomfortable? Or like, I mean, from a full Italian person, he was pretty pissed, it seemed like at the end. Right, right. I, I mean, I could kind of sympathize with uh, Chiellini in that clip. 
mainly because I had the opportunity to go to Italy for the first time this past summer and there was absolutely no ranch dressing in sight. <laughs> so uh, just based on that, also I'm, I'm not myself a huge ranch on pizza type person. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always kind of uh, appreciated pizza for what it is. It doesn't really need that, you know, too many yeah. enhancements in that regard. So I would a- say... It was a bit sacrilege. Let's yeah. let's be truthful yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't great. I'm just gonna jump in and say that uh, the fact that we're saying ranch on pizza is a little uh, bothersome to me. I'm a huge ranch ranch supporter, and so um, yeah, I can't really eat pizza without without ranch. That's. I would say if if, you, say if you're going the the barbecue, you know, barbecue chicken pizza route, then it's acceptable. Sure. Okay. Sure. Um, I don't think they're having that in Italy. Though. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. But you know. I'd say it's yeah. acceptable, you know, Buffalo Ranch. Sure. But other than that, different not my thing. Folks. Yeah. All right. So getting, getting into the meat of today, we're going to talk, be talking about one of the main men on this team, uh, central midfielder Weston McKinney. Um, specifically, uh, we're going to continue to use Christian Pulisic, if you turned into the last episode, as a linchpin to kind of refer back to him um, because so much of what Weston McKinney has done in his career has been centered around Pulisic being the trailblazer as far as going into Europe at such a young age, as far as um, coming into the national team and starting to have a leadership role. That was all kind of done by Pulisic first. Um, He's kind of the first follower in this squad. So first off, Brian and I are just going to kind of go back and forth with some quick highlights of his career. Um, Number one, uh, just to tell you a little bit about the guy, uh, 24 years old outside of Dallas, Texas. He played for the FC Dallas uh, Soccer Academy growing up, which is an MLS soccer academy. Um, generally regarded as our second best player, as I mentioned. Um, that's probably up for debate. We're not going to talk about that right now. Um, but specifically right now, um, as you saw in the clip, he plays for Juventus, which is widely regarded as the number one team out of Italy. But yeah, Brian, do you want to tell him a little bit more about him? Uh, yeah, so um, just based on his position, he's a central midfielder, box-to-box. Um, people would describe him as and. Um, that's a term that's used uh, to describe mid center mids that uh, are not too offensive, not too defensive, but can do a little bit of both, mm-hmm. a lot of both, or probably the most well-rounded uh, players on the pitch. Sure. Um, and, yeah, um, I mean, in terms of basketball, I guess you can compare that to, like, a small forward. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it does a little bit of everything. And so – he de- definitely offers uh, a lot of presence on corners and set pieces. Um, I'm sh- I found out today that he scored uh, a header, so he definitely uh, brings that to the table that could help us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely rate him as a as a player, and I probably would say he is our second best player uh, mm-hmm. for the national team. Um, but yeah, he's a he's just a physical boss in the midfield then yep. I love to watch him play when I get the chance but unfortunately I'm not really throwing on too many uh, Juventus games yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's, a, that's about it yeah Italian league's a little bit more difficult to watch than the Premier League some of the players that we'll be talking about here but just to piggyback off what Brian had been talking about um, he's almost half MMA in that he's very much a physical presence mm-hmm. in the game I mean, one thing that definitely comes to mind is his presence against Mexico when he was just sitting there beating up anybody that came into mm-hmm. his way. Um, in a lot of different midfields and a lot of different places across, you know, 
the international stage. You need somebody that can just be a bruiser who's okay taking the fouls, who's okay taking you know the brunt of all the the negative stuff coming into the game. Somebody who can just absorb all that, and he does a very fantastic job at doing that. Um, additionally, you know, if he were to watch this episode, which definitely would, <laughs> if he were to be watching that um, or the last one that we watched. You know, hearing that Pulisic was the legend, he would be a little bit slighted. He definitely has been the right-hand man at every single point, almost like Batman and Robin. Uh, you don't definitely don't hear about Robin, but without him, you know, Batman's not going to be Batman. So I think in that way, he definitely has some street cred for what he's done for the team. He's definitely one of uh, Americans to watch overseas. Um, like Pulisic, he's been in Europe for, for a little bit now. Uh, moved to Germany when he was um, about six years old, living there for a couple of years. Military brat, I yeah, want to say. Something, something over like there. That. Yeah, he was a military brat growing up. But yep. yeah, he was exposed to European soccer from a young age. And uh, yeah, then he moved on to um, work his way up through um, FC Dallas's academy. And then thankfully he's back over in Europe. Uh, has been facing a little bit of injury troubles lately, but it's good to see him back on the field and um, – and helping Juventus win some important mm -hmm. games. So, Yeah, just to kind of continue that, one person that I definitely compare him to uh, is Kobe Bryant. One of the things that Kobe did as a young kid was growing up on military bases all across Europe. Um, Weston McKinney was the exact same way, and the way that you kind of build relationships with people your age you know, Kobe, it was basketball. He was just always playing basketball. But with Weston, it was soccer. You know, that was how – that was the international game. It was the international language. So many different people were, you know, impressed with his skills. It was the way that he could make friends in different areas, become fast friends with whoever as he continued to move around. Um, but, yeah, just to continue on with his history, um, he actually did have a letter of intent to play at UVA, uh, University of Virginia, for college soccer, but did, in fact, decide to go pro um, from the U.S. – uh, Dallas Academy, as we mentioned a couple times. Yeah, and so, um, like I said before, um, grew up in Germany and actually um, went from the MLS to FC Schalke, which is a pretty popular team in Germany. But, yeah, so he was in Germany uh, right next to uh, Christian Pulisic, who was playing for Dortmund at the time, and they're actually considered a pretty big rivals and so a lot of the fans weren't very happy that uh Christian and Weston were uh getting along and hanging out as uh as they were on rival mm -hmm. teams yeah and as we mentioned you know the story of Christian going from German the Bundesliga to the U or to the Premier League to play for Chelsea um Weston did eventually make the move to go to Juventus as we saw in the clip earlier um but Kind of as that was happening, um, one thing that the pod definitely wanted to bring up was a little bit of an intermediary that happened specifically, I think it was last November, I want to say, last October, last November, um, when the U.S. was looking at playing uh, national team qualifiers. Uh, because we're such a young team, the qualifiers were played in Nashville. First off, young kids in Nashville, never going to work. That's just going to be terrible. That's just recipe for disaster. Um, but c continuing on, he, it was still a situation where he was going to be in a COVID bubble and from a player at a young age, putting them in a bubble in Nashville is just three things that could totally go wrong. The first night he broke the bubble by having somebody into his hotel room. That's strike one. The second one was he actually left the bubble the night after to go to somebody else's hotel room. 
There's been a lot of rumors on who it was. We're not going to continue to talk about that. We're not going to bring up any names. Post six sister. Um, but we're not going to bring up any names. Um, but that actually blackballed him from the team for a little bit. A lot of the pundits were saying that he didn't deserve to be on this squad, that he had disrespected everybody. But since then, he's put his head down and he's worked hard, definitely to continue to be on the team. Um, has proven himself to be pretty valuable to the Juventus team, a struggling squad, albeit in the Italian league. Um, but yeah, I would say that was a little bit of a turning point in his career. One of the things that you hear about a lot of these young players is they have a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows, as we talked about with Christian Pulisic too. So just something to throw in there. All right, so we threw a lot of different just history at here. Let's take a little bit of a break and let's go for a little bit of vocab. Jack, this is where you're going to come into play. Um, usually what we've been doing is a little bit of soccer vocab. And I think probably with your experience in our group chats, we're talking a lot about soccer. You probably have picked up on quite a bit of it. So we're going to mix it up a little bit. And we're actually going to go on to Southern slang vocab to, in honor of Weston McKinney's Nashville blunder. Um, so first off, cattywampus. Can you tell me what a cattywampus is? A cattywampus. Give it your best shot. I don't know. Um, I, I, I lost for words. It's like uh, everything's kind of out of whack. Everything's crazy okay. out of sync. It's like all cattywampus. Like everything's all mixed together. It's all messed up. Okay. Brian, you got one for him? Um, yeah, we got. We have one uh, here. It's uh, carry me. What would you say that is? So. Carry me two words? One word? It's like Just uh, carry me. Carry me, yeah. Carry me. Can you carry me? Help me out? Sort of, yeah, yeah. We'll no give way. it to you. Um, it's like pick me up, like swoop me okay. in, our, in our jargon. Yeah. Okay, okay. Next, um, this should be one that you should get, and all of our viewers yeah. at home should probably get honky-tonk. Honky-tonk? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely heard it in a few country songs, but... I, I, Did you never make the trip to Nashville as a... No, I've never As a been. budding young lad, no? No, Ugh. no. Well, honky-tonk is a country bar. And so they're all okay. saying, take me to the honky-tonk. Like, okay. take me to the bar. Yeah. Uh, Brian? Uh, yeah, here's one. another one. Um, if somebody says, that dog won't hunt, what would that... That dog won't hunt. Yeah, what would you say that um, would mean? That person just is lazy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's... We're, yeah, we'll count it partially. <laughs> yeah. It's a struggle. It's a bit of a struggle here, but you want to go ahead, Brian? Yeah, the, um... It? That meaning is uh, that's not going to work out. So, I mean, mm-hmm. kind of almost said it, no, but not really at all. It. But I not really at all. Ty goes to the runner. <laughs> not really. But uh, last one that we're going to go with here is uh, give me some sugar. It's <laughs> a softball right across the plate. I actually put it on a tee for you. Give me some sugar. Give me some sugar. Your grandma, you haven't seen your grandma in a while, and she says, come on, give me some sugar. Give me a hug. Or something that's yeah. You know, yeah in context right yeah. yeah give me a hug give me give me a kiss you know yeah. like yeah it's very nice to see you all right well after that it was it was tough I'm not gonna lie but after that vocab we're gonna go back and tap in Christian um, take a quick break here so all right those were tough I have no idea those were a little tough what was this. No, what was the first one? What was the first one? Caddy Wampus. How the fuck am I supposed to know what a caddy wampus? 
All right, so thank you for bearing with us after our beer break. Um, those of you watching on YouTube, no free ads. I poured it into a glass. No, uh, Hams doesn't even sponsor anything. Like that. We're not talking. They're, they're, we're not saying what kind of beer dead. I have. We're not talking about what kind of beer I'm drinking. <laughs> so yeah, the big thing that we're going to be talking about on today's podcast is finding your level and how important that is for a young player and really any player um, in the international stage. So just to kind of set the scene for you, um, Weston McKinney played a year with one of Schalke's the German team that we're talking about here, uh, youth farm teams before breaking out as a regular um, into the main squad, the number one, uh, the first team squad at 19. Uh, he played three years there, kind of honing his skills, taking some time to develop. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, like, all the while, uh, while Pulisic has grabbed a bunch of the headlines, there's a reason I have a Pulisic jersey and not a McKenney jersey, um, McKenney's benefited from the, the spotlight and weight of U.S. soccer really not being on his back, um, despite the fact that they were pretty similar. Um, and as much as that is a reflection on him, I think you got to give credit to his agents and his representation because they've put him in positions to succeed. And so um, getting to Europe is one thing. I, I, I bring up F1 a lot, but I, I know there's a saying in, the, in F1, it's like getting into F1 is one thing, staying is a completely different thing. Right. It's the same exact thing for uh, for soccer, and, uh, and especially when, when you're in Europe and the competition is so fierce. Um, so the ultimate balance that these players are trying to strike is playing time, getting on the field, and like getting exposure, but also surrounding yourself with good players mm -hmm. because you can't do it by yourself. Being around good players means you're not fighting for relegation. You don't have that stress on you. Um, it means you can play and combine with those players nicely mm -hmm. and like develop your game. So for these young players, these young Americans moving to Europe, it's all about towing that line. Um, and, and Weston McKenney is the perfect example of towing that line. Um, and to really illustrate that, I actually kind of want to just bring up some bad examples. So uh, maybe it's harsh to say this about Pulisic, but I would say Pulisic, despite all those moments that we listed in the last episode, he hasn't really ever had like an entire season where he was the guy. He's been at two clubs, Dortmund, when he was younger. I think he could thrive there now. But when he was younger, it was always a tough position for him to be in in terms of getting playing time. Granted, yeah. yeah, he was younger, so it wasn't as big of a deal. Um, and then once he made that move to Chelsea, you know, we talked about it. He was actually coming off being benched at Dortmund. So it's kind of a little bit of a surprise that he decided to actually take it up a level. Mm -hmm. And somewhat predictably, it's sometimes gone well, but sometimes been really tough. And, uh, even if he just played bad a couple of times, he got kind of put at the bottom of the deck, so to speak. So mm -hmm. he's kind of an example of maybe being too ambitious with what you're trying to do. Um, to use another U.S. player that would illustrate the opposite would be like going to a place that maybe you s are predicted to succeed at, but the players surrounding you so so Pepe is what you're saying. Yeah, so yeah. I'm getting so I'm getting to Ricardo Pepe, who's uh who's also in the U.S. men's national team. But his story is basically, and we're gonna get to a full episode on him as well, um, as we discuss strikers. But his story is basically he did really well in MLS. He he was 18 years old, mm -hmm. and um, rather than continue in MLS and see like if he could really build up equity there, he decided, all right, I want to cash in right now. I want to go get a big contract in Europe, and so he. Uh, he actually went to Germany to this club Augsburg and they were saying like the bottom half of the Bundesliga and everyone was saying, Oh, this is a great move. You know, he's definitely going to get playing time. Mm -hmm. So this is a great thing. He'll be on the field or whatever. Yeah. And as it turned out, he was getting playing time, but because he just 
I think I think the whole argument that you're trying to make is quality over quantity or quantity over quality, which is better. Yeah, and yeah. I think the two guys have shown the exact polar opposite. So when you're talking about Pulisic, you know, he made the change for quantity or he changed, made the change for quality right. at the expense of quantity, you know, where yeah. he was possibly getting it at Dortmund or would have been on the track to. Pepe went for quantity. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him, and now he's at a different squad. We'll be talking about that, as Christian said. Um, but, you know, it's – really difficult for these young kids to come in and try to find a mix of it. Like right. it's, it's incredibly difficult. And the, the Pepe thing was ironic, right? Because he came in for, for the sake of right. quantity and yeah. in the sense of playing time. Uh, but because he didn't have the teammates around him, he actually, he started to really taper off and mm-hmm. in his place came like veterans who were more, more used to the, the idea of playing with players that weren't as skilled right. and whatnot. So uh, it so happened that Pepe's situation failed. And so, yeah, and just to like use an analogy for Ricardo Pepe, you can almost think of like what what is actively happening to Justin Fields, where like he's good, he's their guy, and in a sense, but the pieces aren't around him. So uh, it's very much like an NFL quarterback, where like mm-hmm. if they don't keep that confidence through the early years, they can get really beat up very quickly and kind of just mm-hmm. put right into irrelevance, sadly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, to use to use Weston McKenney, I think he's a, the complete opposite of that. So uh, as we talked about, he he got to Schalke and he played three years where he was developing. Um, he actually got lots of starts in Germany mm-hmm. and in the Champions League, which we're going to talk about in five minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he was at Schalke, he was comfortable, and then the wheels started to fall off at Schalke. They started to make some bad moves um, in terms of their player acquisition, and they really started to kind of slide down the ranks mm-hmm. um, as far as as far as their performances were going and uh mckenny's like awesome agents looked around and were like let's get out of here so they uh they pulled off kind of a shock move to juventus which is one of the biggest clubs um in all of in all of europe um for those of you who don't know uh juventus actually uh at the time when mckenny got there was uh cristiano ronaldo's club so mckenny kind of like Showed him some, uh, showed him some American ways. Ronaldo would call him Texas boy and all this stuff. So they were really like hitting it off. Um, and so really, what really surprised everyone was like, they did not think that he was going to get any playing time at a club as big as Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went on to really shock everyone. And I would say he's done well there. You know, even if, even if it hasn't always been awesome, even if he's gotten flack from fans from time to time he's been consistently playing right. he played he started today went 70 minutes scored a goal created some great chances like in a much better way than Pulisic his career has been stable mm-hmm. in a way that Pulisic would be dying for right um and so that that's something that he's done like exceptionally well at uh at Juventus so yeah. did was the playing time right from the jump was it a gradual you know he got more time as he is he played more games with the team or was yeah, it, was, it immediately like, you know, he was qualified to have a like a good amount of playing time? Yeah. So the, in the Juventus team, there's usually quite a few different midfielders coming in and out. And so what that does is give a lot of different opportunities to a lot of people that wouldn't get it in a lot of other squads. Usually there's teams that have midfields that are just like mainstays. Like you're going to see these guys week in, week out. Juventus is very different in that they play a lot more midfielders. And so they have to do a lot more squad rotation. So he was getting first team minutes pretty early on. I wouldn't say that they were necessarily as much as he's getting now. It was definitely gradual, as you had mentioned. Okay. Yeah, nail on the head there, Lodge. Um, Yeah. Um, So, Jack. What's the Champions League? So, from my experience, 
you know, just listening to the group chat, the Champions League is teams from countries in Europe, um, mm-hmm. ranging from Spain, Italy, um, England, and there's, you know, a specific league for the teams, and they need to qualify for that league. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? I mean, that's pretty well said. That's, yeah. yeah, that's pretty yeah. much nailed. Put you right. put you right on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like the Champions League, how it works is as lots we've discussed, like the domestic leagues here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the Champions League, you really pull from all of those domestic leagues. So, say the top four teams in the Premier League, um, the top four teams in the Premier League are gonna qualify for next year's Champions League, mm-hmm. and then that kind of trickles down to the rest of Europe. So, like the top four teams in Spain are going to go and they're all going to like come together and be in different groups. So it kind of offers this atmosphere where fans from England get to travel to the game in Spain. And there's even more obscure countries like the best team in uh, the Czech Republic is going to get a shot at playing like, you know, Barcelona. And Mm -hmm. that's like a huge deal. Um, One thing to mention is that based on the quality of the level of the actual league in that country, they get more spots. So when you're talking about the big five, we have four teams from England, four teams from, I think Spain, four teams from Italy gets like three or four. Yeah. Italy gets three or four. um, Germany gets three or four and then it tapers off and they start to go into more qualification games. So they might have to play other teams to get into the specific champions league, but it turns into a format of 32 teams total, um, a group stage. And then you go into specifically the round of 16 quarterfinals, knockouts um, in the final, all of which except for the final are a home and away leg, which is interesting because that means more people get to see that team, widespread across Europe as well as the world, but also you get more people coming into your country to see these teams play. So like, for example, um, PSG had played Dortmund like a couple of years past. And so you're having German people come into France and that's like a pretty interesting kind of combination and seeing those teams play that you wouldn't otherwise have in just domestic leagues. Lots well, that's interesting, but how about you tell us about your very interesting Champions League nights? Yeah. R- roll back the clock, open the yearbook, tell, tell us about it. Yeah, so when I was in... Uh, Barcelona studied abroad. Thank you very much. Uh, did in fact do it. Um, I didn't end up going to a Barcelona game due to COVID. I was at that time when you, it was, wait, you didn't make it to a single game. No, I or made just, it to it. Just I made no it to Champions a game. League. Okay. I didn't make right. it to Champions League game. Right. You know, a lot of classes that I was studying for. And right. Um, but what I would do was I would go to an Irish pub actually called um, hmm, uh, the George Payne, the George Payne <laughs> Club, and what it was was. Um, a bunch of different people across Europe would come in and watch these games without any Spanish bias. And so you would have people from London, people from Portugal, people from all these different countries, and they would come in and be able to watch all of their teams play, um, all with, you know, cheap fish and chips, uh, pretty half price Heineken's. It was a great experience. Um, but the best experience that I had at that bar specifically was watching the Atletico Madrid Liverpool game. Um, that was one where COVID had started to come in, and so fans weren't allowed, as a lot of sports did. Um, but it was one of the original ones, so like right around March, I want to say. And Atletico Madrid ended up winning. And one thing to know about Madrid versus Barcelona, um, they hate each other in terms of fans. And so having all of the Atletico Madrid fans in one bar that I was at going absolutely bonkers and knowing that outside, if they were to kind of do any of the celebrations that they were having, there would be riots around them was pretty funny and pretty cool to see. Yeah, I, I like a bit of similar experiences on those, on those Champions League nights, but damn, I... I it's crazy to think about those rivalries within 
within mm-hmm. the specific countries and just how just how deep those hatreds go uh but yeah there's nothing like it's kind of like it's kind of akin to like having a thursday night football game because the games are played on like tuesday wednesdays so i don't know it's just like you're getting out of class or at work or whatever it may be and that's that's what's on your mind so uh so as we're talking about champions league here you you obviously have a lot of t- different teams from a lot of different regions in europe mm-hmm. and I guess the American sport that that stands out to me as an analogy for that is March Madness, um, NCAA basketball, and yeah. is yeah. that really a fair analogy? I would say in terms of seeds and in terms of you're having one seeds play 16 seeds, 100%. You're getting Victoria Polzin, which is, I think, like a random – Czech Republic, yeah. Yeah, Czech Republic team play Barcelona, play Bayern Munich, like the giants of Europe – um, 100%. Also, like, the concept of, like, automatic bids. Like, you think of, like, conference automatic bids. Mm-hmm. That would be, like, a perfect one because, like, a right. lot of these countries, you just – if you win your your little Denmark league, like, you're in. Yeah. And then, you know, for just, like, say, the ACC or the Big Ten, like, you're going to get a few of those good teams regardless if they're winning their league. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. Yeah. yeah Ex- explain in NCAA terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I would just say the nice thing about the Champions League. So Weston McKenney, like I said, he's he's towed that line and he's been able to have like a successful career here. Um, but he's been able to play a lot of those those seasons in the Champions League. And what that kind of offers for a player, um, especially like as we look into the World Cup, it's that it's that intensity. It's like logic. Mm-hmm. Like you and I go into the bar like it's it's a huge deal, almost right. more so than the weekend games sometimes. Um, the best proxy you could possibly get for like a world cup yeah um and so interestingly a lot of our players have utilized that as it's as it's come to like their own development so it's like a springboard for them actually yeah yeah, so like you think of like obviously we've talked about how the champions league includes lots of those big 10 or acc teams the the england english teams the spanish teams well it also includes like one or two scottish teams so some of our players uh like cameron carter vickers who's a center back like he actually he he went to Celtic football club, which is in the, in the Scottish league, but like he, he gets a game against Real Madrid and five other super intense games mm-hmm. that can actually prepare him for the world cup while at the same time, not getting kind of drowned by a super intense, difficult league. Right. So, so it's like, for example, Steph Curry, when he was in the NCAA tournament, like that guy did not play really anybody and everybody wanted to see how he stacked up against like good players Right, right. in that situation where he just started to play better teams, started to play better teams. And you start to see like actual how much quality this guy has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it's very similar to yeah. that. It's like kind of like a, I guess to piggyback off that, like a John Morant situation with, yeah. you know, he was at a small school and now he's in the NBA with the Grizzlies and he's, you know, mm-hmm. one of the top young, he's young the guy. guys yeah, in exactly. the league. He's him. Yeah, yeah. It's just just kind of working your way up. Um, yeah. So Cameron Carter Vickers and uh, and other several other U.S. talents have kind of went that route of give mm-hmm. me some Champions League games while also being able to work my way up. Uh, so we're going to tap on our betting consultant here um, for for the the big Champions League slate, uh, and then kind of sign off for you guys. So. So I hate that this is starting to be the way that we close out every podcast, but it seems like we're getting a little bit into the gambling slate here. Um, what we're going to be talking about at this last kind of segment is the Champions League and a couple of the picks that we have specifically for matchups that have U.S. players playing in. So we're talking about Juventus, as we mentioned with Weston McKinney, uh, Dortmund, which is another one. Um, 
Chelsea, which we have Christian Pulisic, uh, Celtic, as we mentioned with Cameron Carter Vickers, a couple of people like that. So Brian, as our resident, uh, champions league expert and betting consultation, I would like you to go through and tell me a little bit about these games, starting with Benfica Juventus. All right. Um, so, uh, assuming Weston McKennie is going to be playing, I'm going to be rooting for Juventus. Uh, I think we can all three agree on that. Um, definitely hope for them them to succeed, and um, that's kind of the only time I'm getting to watch uh, the guy we've talked about on this episode, Weston McKennie. Yeah. But um, Champions League is like the only time I'll be watching Juventus. Right. So probably is there no other way to watch? Well, I mean, you could stream all ESPN these games. Plus. Yeah. Okay. ESPN Plus has Juventus, where you're going to be seeing, or Paramount Plus is yeah. where you're going to be watching the Champions League games. Are you saying these games or Juventus games? Yeah. Just, I, I mean, I, I think that we would all agree that even I know the Premier League is the most prominent and mm-hmm. seems to be the most watched among, Yeah. you know, the yeah. American soccer fan. I mean, fan. yeah, as an American, any game we're me- about to mention is very easy to watch. Even if you don't have Paramount Plus, you can... Go the uh, the crack streams route, or Not that we're the, endorsing uh, <laughs> the buff streams route, but yeah, um, I mean that you can definitely find it if you want to watch it bad enough. So yeah, I would say we'll probably put up a graphic, or we'll try to look for a graphic for what leagues are on what specific channels. I think that would be a good thing for our producer to do. Not that I'm making yeah, extra work. Yeah, I for think that would be great. Yeah, cause I would have never, you know. Yeah, I've seen a few. You know, I've roommates myself that watch quite a bit of Premier League, and I when they're watching it i'll watch along but i wouldn't know you know where the hell the games are yeah Yeah. right yeah so back to our main point here benfica juventus what do you think the score is going to be and how do you think the game's going to go i'm just going to say that juventus should definitely win that game Uh, i know Di maria got injured recently but um adrian rabio has been playing pretty well um so I'm just going to say Juventus should win that game. And I'm also a big fan of uh, Dusan Vlahovic, who's their uh, their main man up top. So, yeah, Juventus should win that game. Sounds good. Do score, we have a score? I'll, yeah, I'll say 2-1. Uh, 2-1 uh, Juventus? Okay, yeah. I like it. Next game, Dortmund versus City. Borussia Dortmund versus Manchester City, for those of you watching at home. Mm. Uh, I mean, this will be a great game to watch. I know if there's any game on this slate that we're about to mention uh, for the fans at home to watch, it should definitely be this one. Um, I mean, I like what I've been seeing with uh, when I have been tuning into Dortmund, so I'm going to uh, g- give a little uh, surprise really? and say that Dortmund might might really? bust out a draw against Ooh. City. Okay, okay, calling yeah, a draw. I like that. it. Isn't Man City... They're Pretty much the top team. They're a wagon. They're, they're a wagon. Sure. Yeah, they're uh, definitely I mean, a wagon. That's a uh, that's a bold lost. statement to make when everybody, all of our millions of fans, are going to be watching at home. Yeah, <laughs> but they did just lose to Liverpool, so maybe they're uh, a little down in the dumps. And, they could uh, be on a downswing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Next game, Red Bull Salzburg versus Chelsea. Okay, um, this will also be a good game because Salzburg. Um, just gonna fill you guys in. Salzburg breeds stars so they do if you've heard of somebody named erling holland he came from salzburg they have a striker who is one inch taller than the uh the giant that holland is and his name is benjamin sesco Mm -hmm. and he is gonna be moving to 
a big club um, probably next summer. So keep an eye out on him. And I'm going to say that, I'm going to say that, yeah, it's, that'll probably be a draw in my opinion as well. Um, Salzburg is very underrated, very young, but um, they can compete in Champions League. We've seen it before. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-2 uh, draw. I'm going to say Pulisic hopefully gets a start. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be keeping my eye out on that. Hope, hope Fingers that crossed. He, yeah, hope that he gets some some uh, time. But, yeah, let's go 2-2 in that game. Sounds good. We got two more for you. Dynamo Zagreb, I believe a Russian team, if I remember correctly, and AC Milan, where Serginio Dest, mm-hmm. episode coming up on Dest soon, are playing. Yeah, so uh, AC Milan won the Serie A last year. Uh, we've been talking about Juventus a lot this episode with McKenney, Um and they won the Serie A for I don't know how many years in a row, but AC Milan finally uh, came back to their old ways and uh, took the took home the uh, silverware. And so they're a pretty good team now. And so I'm going to say uh, they should have no problem winning that game uh, handedly. And yeah, so I'll go uh, I'll go three nil to uh, AC Milan and keep an eye out on uh, Sergino Dest, of course, and also Rafael Leao. He's, uh, he's also a really fun player to watch. Another one to watch, yeah. Last game that we're going to be talking about, F- uh, Napoli FC versus Rangers FC. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be an interesting one, too. Um, Rangers can compete. Uh, I know they went pretty far in the Europa last year, um, but Napoli is kind of a wagon as well, so I'm going to say Napoli should win this game, um, and I'll go uh, – I'm gonna go four one Napoli. That's big. Yeah. That's Is that big. Queens Park Rangers? That's not Queens Park Rangers. Great question though. <laughs> that's a good question. Great yeah. question. That's that's FIFA knowledge definitely. <laughs> that is. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Because well, we did rep the uh, QPR stadium. We did. Yeah, that I, was yeah, I think I had that as my badge for a short time as <laughs> yeah. well. Yeah. I think they're in first place in, uh, in the championship right now, actually. Coming back up. So, Look at yeah, us. Keep your eye out on that. Look, look at our resident uh, casual knowing a little bit more about yeah. soccer than even me, man. How about that? <laughs> Come on. Shouts I was from a the, novice, the but I was serviceable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for the. Thank you for the predictions. We're actually going to say um, a little bit of homework for you guys at home. All of those games and more will be on Golazo Live on CBS um, Tuesday and Wednesday starting about 3 p.m. Eastern time. Um, all of the really big plays that are going on throughout those 90 minutes are all happening on one specific channel for six different games at the same time. So go ahead and tune into Golazo Live at 3 p.m. on CBS Sports Tuesday or Wednesday. It's kind of like the uh, Champions League version of NFL Red Zone. Definitely. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lastly, we've been talking about them. Um, for those of you that are diehard American Soccer Crash Course podcast fans, um, we've been talking about interviews. We're going to get those out, I promise. Um, our producer's been kind of on my ass, so I'm starting to get it, get the fire lit under me. Um, we're going to be doing those this weekend, so hopefully those will be out next week. But, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. I uh, appreciate all the support, and, yeah, I think that's it. All right. All right. Thanks, guys.